Have you ever heard of Candyman? And if you look in the mirror, you say his name five times. In cities everywhere. Candyman? They whisper his name. Right. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman. Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone. Except Helen Lyle. Bernadette! It ain't safe around here. That don't scare too easy. Wanna know about Ruthie Jane? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Candyman. Who is that? I came for you. Do I know you? She is about to discover. Tell him. Get out! Get out! What's behind the mystery? You're sick. What's behind the legend? Listen, he's under the bed! And most terrifying of all, come with me. What's behind the mirror? He's here. believe just beware Richard Williams. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Let's see. Oh, okay. Um, let's click on his Sammy name. Sammy Davis Jr. the second. <laughs> Sammy Sammy Davis the third, or is it Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. <laughs> Jr. Jr. Yeah. Let's see. We lost Jr. Senior. Yeah. Let's see. Cast. Uh, wait a minute. Tony Todd? Is he coming back? What? Better. Looks like it. Who else could be the candy? Nope. Nobody could be the candy man but Tony Todd. Do you, do you just voice it and they have a shadow puppet? Ooh. You know, it looked like they were for real like live actors <clears throat> alright let me make sure this isn't falling over well shall we intro it and talk about stuff yeah 
I think that sounds like a really neat plan. As long as I don't talk about concerts for half the show. <laughs> I, cu I cut out half my story because it wasn't really uh, edited for time. Hey, listeners, you are listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast where three friends get together and uh, remotely, in this case, talk about a horror movie. Um, that horror movie we will spoil and recently watched will light spoilers or no spoilers, depending on what it is. And uh, we're not professional critics. We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show. Uh, find them on Apple Music or iTunes or whatever it is or Amazon to buy their music digitally. Say hello to them on Facebook where they are the moon dash rays. Say hello to us where we are chewing the scenery. And um, that's housekeeping, except for it's always good to mention that we have a coloring book, Plan 9 from Outer Space coloring book that we three made. Um, you can get that by going to plan9coloringbook.com or the Etsy shop Screen Monsters. And if you just go to Plan 9 coloring book, it's going to click through to Etsy anyway. I want to thank Mike Nichols, who is a regular listener. He bought a couple of coloring books. And he, he will have gotten them by the time this airs. <clears throat> I put some crayons in for him in case, you know, in case he needed crayons. <laughs> Not everybody has them. And uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. And uh, so be like Mike, buy a couple coloring books. <clears throat> um, other than that, um, I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolien. Hello. Guys, who wants to start recently watched? I got almost nothing, so somebody else better do it. <laughs> so go ahead. I, I, I got nothing. You got nothing? I, okay, you, I, I could you do You got nothing. Nothing. Well, then go ahead. I got I got a couple, so I'll go uh, last. Okay. Um, I watched something on um, Netflix called Cold Case Files or cold cases or something where they just talk about some, uh, some murders that went unsolved for a long time. And then somebody got all into it and figured it out. And then they catch the bad guy or at least figure out who the bad guy was. But uh, does it involve uh, meddling kids? Unfortunately, there's not a lot of meddling kids or uh, yeah. caretakers with disguises on trying to scare people off of the property. Not a lot of abandoned amusement parks, but I did go down the rabbit hole of abandoned amusement parks. Uh, it is such a cool image search. If you just want to go down the Google rabbit holes, ab <laughs> abandoned amusement parks. Oh boy. Okay. All right. There are some videos where people are like, okay, let's walk through here. <laughs> it's like, yes, expect graffiti, poop, and broken bottles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's going to be some of those things. Uh, so that's evidence of Al Capone having been there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, that's really, I, I don't know that I watched anything else. I, I feel like I didn't. All right. So there you go. Jolian, you didn't watch any? No, I, I, uh, I'm trying to finish up this. Uh, I'm doing a Black Lives Matter comic uh, for Alan, and uh, uh, so I'm going to finish that up hopefully the uh, middle of next week. 
And then I've got to finish off the flying saucer cover. And then I've got a couple of things coming in straight after that. So it's gone, right. gone from famine to feast all of a sudden. Oh, man. I might even get paid for one of these. Wow. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. Are you going to get paid in exposure? <laughs> exposure box. We we should print up some exposure bucks. <clears throat> Maybe we could go get like landscaping done with them, or you know, buy groceries. <laughs> yeah, I did read um, uh, volume two of the Lost Films fanzine. Oh wow, it's got a killer whale uh, on it. Yeah, that's Walker on the front. Yeah. Did you know that killer whales? Uh, it's a mistranslation of the Spanish, uh, which actually means whale killer. Oh. Ah. Because they are dolphins. Yeah. Who hunt in packs and uh, will, will hunt down whales. Anyway, uh, so it's got about the uh, unmade uh, Orca sequel, uh, Superman 5, uh, the th- third Coljack film, and stuff like that. Well, that's pretty oh, cool. Neat. Film obscurities. Always, always like reading about those. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to a couple of those podcasts you recommended. The- oh, yeah, the best films never made. Yeah. Wait, which ones did you listen to? I listened to the Star Wars one. Oh, yeah. With Lee Brackett's uh, script. Right. Oh, it was okay. <laughs> I, and I, I, I rec- recommend the latest uh, Friday the 13th episode. So yeah, well. that's the one I want to listen to, and I want to listen to uh, uh, Dark Skies or mm. Night Skies. Oh, the E.T. project? The E.T. one, yeah. yeah. So I went and looked up. I didn't realize Rick Baker had released photos of those aliens he made for it. Does it cover... They're, they're pretty neat. Does it cover versions of movies that weren't made, but then were later made as the version we know? Some of them. Okay. So what's the case? It's ca- got sequels and uh, versions we didn't get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of things that it's good they never made a sequel or a remake. <laughs> it's, it's like what was the most misguided thing from like if you grew up in the '80s? It's like the most misguided thing they ever tried to do was let's let's make a uh, a TV series of Ferris Bueller. Ooh. Ooh, that was terrible. It didn't last long, but no, I'm guessing it didn't because I don't remember it at all. Right. Nobody wants sequels to any of those, like John Hughes movies or or uh, any of that classic '80s stuff, unless it's a slasher movie, in which case, go nuts. <laughs> yeah. Do whatever you want. <laughs> I watched a couple this week. Uh... I watched Dinner for Dinner for Schmucks. How is it? Um, Steve Carell came out maybe fifteen years ago now. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't very good. Uh, not terribly funny. I ended up falling asleep before the end. I don't know how the dinner ha- how the dinner went. Um. Let's see. I watched Candyman, obviously. Uh, I watched um, Cats. 
Cats. I wanted to see that. The new uh, one? The musical? Unfortunately, I believe they've cleaned it all up. No. So I didn't see any real uh, egregious, you know, clipping mistakes. And uh, it doesn't appear that they... I had read a review when it came out that there were... Uh, some of the cats had digital paws. Some of them didn't. I think they wiped that all out. Everybody just had regular hands. Mm. Um, the effects look pretty good. So I think they must have taken the time to go and... Uh, clean everything up for the uh, the release, the digital release online. Uh, I mean, streaming release. Uh, other than than the fact that, I mean, the main problem with the movie is that it's a, it's a stage play. And it seems like a stage play. They tried to make it cinematic by having it set all over London. Um, and kind of an indeterminate maybe late 60s to now kind of vibe. I don't really know when it was supposed to be that. Um, so you're watching a play, so it doesn't make for a very exciting movie. Um, they also like to whisper sing, and the music is very subdued. Um, made it hard to hear, I found, um, some of the lines, a lot of the lines. Probably the best part was Taylor Swift's part, uh, she actually sang the song with some liveliness, and they turned the music up a bit. Um, all in all, I'd give Cats a C. C for Cats. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Then I watched... Um, I know there's some other things I missed, but I watched Knives Out. Oh, yeah. Cool. Jolien... Er, uh, Richard talked about last week. Yeah. Jolien had already seen it. Um, this has a 92% favorable rating on on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, audience-wise. Maybe 98% audience-wise. 92% critics, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I hated this movie. <laughs> this was a terrible movie. You, you didn't like it. Um, yeah. Uh, one, if you're going to do a whodunit, don't give it away in the middle. Uh, two, uh, you know, I often say, if you put a movie in your movie, make sure it's not a better movie. This showed a clip from Murder, She Wrote. Uh, -huh. uh looked like it was starring, Tom, or it was co-starring Tom Bosley from Happy Days as the sheriff or deputy. And it was in Spanish. I would have rather watched that episode than this movie. Uh, I'd watch it twice. Uh, I just found it very, uh, very superficial and very, uh, very much a movie that feels that it's more clever than it really is. Um, uh, the biggest problem, the absolute biggest problem I had with this movie, though, was Daniel Craig's atrocious accent. He did the worst Lindsey Graham impression. I mean, who the fuck was he supposed to be? It was terrible. <laughs> I believe Daniel Craig got drunk once and did a Southern accent, which is questionable in itself. Why would you want to do a Southern accent? Do you want to be more white? Um, 
but I feel he did it at a, at a, at a party as a, as a drunk joke and people laughed and then he thought that was cute and he kept doing it. Um, please stop. <laughs> anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you, Richard, cause you said that, uh, that it took place 20 years ago uh, because people were old enough to be in World War II, but I didn't see anything that suggested any of that. I thought it somewhere at the beginning of the movie, it just like had a little crawl that said what year it was or something. Oh, maybe. But there were, there were no fashions or particular things that really made you believe that. Um, the keypad thingies were kind of clunky. Um you know, for, for transferring money. But I don't know that those things would be less clunky now, but I don't know. The uh, security at the uh, estate uses videotapes. Oh, there's a good indicator. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they didn't really, uh, but they had nor they had regular iPhones. Did they have iPhones? Well, the girl Meg, the young, uh, the youngest member of the family had an iPhone. Hmm. It was old case. Yeah, to be to be a person who was active during World War II, you'd have to be at least in your nineties now. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize I didn't catch anything that referred to World War II, but perhaps so, I missed it. So, if he was supposed to be. 80 or 85 and it was set 10 years ago you could have an iphone like a an early gen iphone yeah. i guess um but i also find the main character this kind of flat uh uh just a flat character she didn't really have anything going for her other than being nice and and seriously she throws up when she lies could you make her less of a real person? Um, and I couldn't tell any of the family members apart, really. They were also really, really flat and didn't even approach the uh, cartooniness. Uh, you know, they weren't even cardboard, really. They were less than one dimensional, hmm. I found. Um, anyway, I'm tired of trashing this movie. Okay. I could go on. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> watch it or don't. <laughs> don't watch it. I won't spoil it. Chris Evans is not the. Oh wait. Uh, shh. Um, I real I realized I realized in the last uh, minute or so that I'm a big fat liar, and I did watch one movie. Oh, and I'm gonna say, Will, I don't know what to tell you about this because you might you might think it's the best thing you've ever seen, or you might think. It's trash. I watched um, Shirley, the one about Shirley Jackson, the author. Uh, Elizabeth Elizabeth Moth. Elizabeth Moss plays Shirley, um, who clearly has mental problems. And in today's world, might they might easily be treatable, but in her day, it was just like, nah, you know, just uh, live a really weird home life and drink a bunch. In, in chain smoke. So, um, she plays crazy really well. And, uh, there are some, some funny things that happen that, uh, it's not good to laugh at people who are mentally ill, who are doing these antics. But when these antics are funny, it's, 
you know, you got some moments. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say too much about it, but, uh, you've got, um, Elizabeth Moss, Odessa Young, Michael Sturlbarg. Uh, basically, um, you've got a couple of college students who are coming to stay with, uh, Mrs. Uh, well, it's Stanley Hyman. I'm trying to figure out like which, which, uh, which character <laughs> they don't have the same last name. <laughs> um, but I believe Stanley is the husband and Shirley is the wife in this couple. And, uh, anyway, so this uh, college couple comes to stay with, uh, a professor and an author and, uh, they really admire them and want, you know, uh, it's, it's a graduate school for this guy and they're, um, very happy to be staying in their home and, uh, they're helping out as best they can. They've been asked to help out and they quickly realize that stuff at home is pretty crazy, pretty unhinged. And, uh, they're just trying to fit their lives into it and, get to where they need to be with their schooling and their careers. And, uh, the, uh, the young, the young woman is, uh, sort of intertwined personally with Shirley Jackson. I don't know how much of that's actually true. And some crazy stuff does happen. And I think the, the kind of dreamlike things that happen where you're not sure if you're seeing what's supposed to be re- reality or not, uh, that happens a few times where you're like, wait a minute, I know that this is somebody imagining this because their hair is different. Whenever they look over and think they're seeing something, they're seeing their own hallucination. If that makes sense. Um, it, it's a unreliable narrator via the camera. Cause you think I'll give you the, I'll give you the example is they're at a, uh, they're at a sort of a faculty party and the young woman who's staying with them is across the room and Shirley Jackson looks over and she's doing something mischievous. And you're like, Whoa, she's starting to do unhinged things too. But then you realize that whenever you see her doing these unhinged things, her hair and clothes are a little different. So you're seeing Shirley seeing it. You're not seeing the woman actually doing it. So it's subtle at first. And then you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I noticed that. And, uh, when it goes back and forth between what's really happening and what she's imagining. So then you start wondering, did anything else get past me earlier in the movie? <laughs> so maybe it did. It's probably worth a second look. Uh, really good movie. In my opinion, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, as far as a period piece, um, set in what I assume was the sixties, early sixties. Um, everything looked good. It, it looked like it should. Um, yeah, so it's, let me see. What's the runtime on this thing? Will let's see if you can handle it. Uh, well, it's an hour and 47 minutes. Oh, too bad. I had to cut out 17 minutes. I had to cut out the last nine minutes of candy, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, Oh, it's over now. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so um, the uh, the average rating for Shirley is only six point one out of ten. So that maybe that means it's really good. Where'd you watch it? Do you remember? Uh, 
It was on Prime Video. Okay. Yeah, so it shouldn't cost you extra. So. I can't believe I rented cats. You rented cats? Yeah. I'm just disappointed well. that it wasn't the worst thing you've ever seen because here's here's what I want. Okay, I own a copy of Showgirls, Gili, uh-huh. G- um, Plan 9 from Outer Space, and I feel like I need Catwoman, and I was thinking it was going to be cats. <laughs> no, no. But I want to be I able mean, to just have it's a... Not, it's not great. <laughs> I think if you were like an eight-year-old girl, it would be a fantastic film. Yeah. Uh, the, the Like I said, the big problem is that it's a stage play, and it still reads like a stage play. So there's absolutely, well, I won't say absolutely no, but there is bare minimal dialogue and the sketchiest of stories. Okay. Um, so it's mostly just a lot of... Um, sort of underwhelming song and dance numbers for an hour and a half. What do they do about their... We thought it would be horrible. What do they do about their buttholes? Unfortunately, there's nothing about the buttholes. No, they they don't show them at all, or they... It's just smooth. Just... They're just smooth. Seamless. Just like Disney. I think the... uh, I think the... uh, The cast probably had more fun playing cats than I did watching cats. Good. So you want to talk about some Candyman? Candyman, yeah. Um, if you talk to anybody who has uh, not seen this in several years, or... Had I, had, I had not seen this in who knows how long. I had forgotten most of this movie. Um, it may be since it came out that I hadn't seen this. Wow. I know I've seen two and three... Um, at some point, um, but I had forgotten a large part of this film. Did you think it was three Candymans to get him to come out of the mirror? Are there three Candymans? Well, but no. Are there four Candymans? No, I mean saying how many times you say it to get him to appear. Did you, did you remember it being three Candymans or five? No, I remember it being five. Really? Yeah, because Bloody Mary was three and that felt like. She got things more done more quickly than Candyman. Yeah, he's more of a, a, a slow burn, but um, yeah, as long as it's an odd number, it's more pleasing to your mind. I think so. Yeah, you can't just say it twice or four times; it just doesn't feel right. No, that's not gonna work. All right. Well, Jolien, when's the first time you saw this thing? Uh, I, was, I definitely saw it on videotape, but I'm not sure when. It, it'd be back in the nineties. Would it, would it have been post-Video Nasty uh, Onslaught, or would it have been during? Oh, yeah, definitely uh, 10 years yeah. after that. Yeah. All right, okay. That was, that was 84. That was over with in 84? Well, that was the peak of it in 84. Oh, okay, so but by 92, it would have been over? Yeah, this would have been cut a lot on videotape in Britain. Yeah. But I'm not sure I was at that point when I saw it. I could have been in Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 92 it came out so I remember when it came out we rented it and it was one of the last like big horror films that I was uh, really interested in seeing until probably about Scream came out or something 
and it seemed like there were several years there that there was nothing out that was any good. <laughs> yeah, very bad time for American horror. Yeah. Yeah, we, we go... And I remember being underwhelmed by Candyman when I first watched it. So you liked it better uh, this time? I, I enjoyed it more this time, yeah. Did you remember it being a Clive Barker story? Yes. Okay, that I had completely forgotten. And he set he originally set the movie or set the story when he wrote it in Liverpool, if I remember right. Um, <laughs> I read something about that earlier today. And um, that's where he's from. Yeah. So so he talked a lot about kind of the class system uh, in uh, what was at the time present day Liverpool. You know how you had different classes of people and as far as income was concerned and whatnot. And, um, he, uh, I'm not sure what he chose as far as the neighborhood, but I guess he was just like, yeah, this is, this is kind of where a monster might emerge. A yeah, this is, uh, phantom. this is from, uh, book five of the books of blood. Okay. It's a story called the forbidden, the forbidden. And it's this, uh, housing project in uh, Liverpool and this uh, Helen is uh, investigating strange graffiti in the uh, subway tunnels Ooh. and uh, comes across the story of the Candyman oh. who look, who is uh, he's kind of pasty and jaundiced in the original story oh. well, that changed <laughs> yeah it's more of a straightforward class thing it, uh, I think the movie has so many different themes coming into it. It gets a bit um, muddled. Yeah, it waters down everything rather than having a a definite uh, thing to play on, like like class. Yeah. Yeah, we we have uh, yeah a lot of colliding stuff with with the movie the way it is. Um, apparently, um, uh, Bernard Rose the uh, the guy who wrote the screenplay for Candyman, um, he he wrote and directed it, but uh, he was working. Um, he was he had a meeting with uh, Clive Barker because uh, he had worked on his own adaptation of Nightbreed in uh, nineteen ninety, and so this was like they just talked about hey what about another uh, book of blood what can we do, <laughs> so um, yeah. That's that's kind of the origin of how they got the ball rolling on it. It's interesting that they chose Chicago and Cabrini Green. It does have a lot of history uh, as far as housing projects go. Have they sorted out all the problems with the um, the uh, housing situations in uh, in England? Do they still have a lot of the uh, tower blocks? Yeah, they had to, there was this fire uh, a few years ago, which, uh, and they discovered that the, uh, the you know, they'd, they'd be using cheap materials and cladding it in inflammable materials. Yeah. Yeah, uh, thing went up and killed a bunch of people. Well, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah still a thing. And after, after the war, there's, uh, you know, lots of bombed out streets just got torn down and replaced with um, these tower blocks. Cheap as cheaply as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it to the construction people to uh, come up with some way to make it dangerous. 
I want to say the place that burned uh, that you're referencing, Jolie, and uh, also didn't have a sprinkler system hooked mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. <sighs> Didn't possibly need that. Yeah, there. Um, the the choice to set the thing in um, Cabrini Green in Chicago, uh, kind of it, it obviously works because it's a scary place. It's it was a scary place. It's no longer there. Um, there were decades of gang activity, and uh, at the time they filmed this, there were five active gangs. And they, they not just negotiated, it's unfair to say they negotiated with them and got permission. They, money was paid. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, apparently they found a bullet hole in one of their generators, like <laughs> like uh, when they were packing up to get out of there, like somebody had shot the generator, you know, <laughs> like just because. And there was another, something else got shot or damaged. But, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a whole bunch of, of history and, and I could kind of give you the, hopefully, uh, a short version of it. Um, it's named after, um, St. Francis, uh, Xavier Cabrini. Uh, she was an Italian immigrant who, um, she, she was, uh, Born in 1850, died in December 1917. So you'll hear her referred to as Mother Cabrini. Uh, Italian-American, Roman Catholic nun. Uh, she founded the Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, uh, which was obviously Catholic and religious. <laughs> um, and she was a big supporter to the Italian immigrants in the United States. She was the first U.S. citizen, although she wasn't U.S. born, um, but she was the first U.S. citizen to be canonized as a saint by the Roman Catholic Church, which happened on July 7th, 1946. Yeah. So, um, sounds like a really good person who did charitable good things. So, you know, there's an idea to uh, get people housed uh, cheaply or low cost or no cost. So... The idea was, uh, let's, the Chicago housing authority was going to build some apartments and house some people. So the, the location they chose that they chose, let me do that again. The location that they chose, um, was a part of Chicago, the near North side that had been called little hell. <laughs> so before it was Cabrini green that everyone was terrified of, um, uh, Little Hell was uh, like late 1860s. Um, it was just basically shanty towns. Um, it was the first slums of the city. Uh, and it was the first like gangster run neighborhood and all around just hellhole. Uh, between uh, drug dealing, vice, gambling, excessive murders. Um, this was this was all just uh, the the place where you'd think, Hey, let's try and do something good here. So they they took it over, and um, the the Chicago Housing Authority built the uh, the homes there. Um, construction. Let me see. I have a note here. Construction started in 1942. Was completed for the most part in 1945. 
the projects were there, and we're talking a whole bunch of buildings. If anyone wonders, is this a couple of, you know, large apartment buildings? No, it's lots of buildings that are very big, very tall buildings. And um, they were demolished finally once and for all in uh, March of 2011. So it's not there anymore. And uh, I've had a couple of uh, white knuckle rides through Cabrini Green as a wrong turn or a shortcut. And it, it just looked terrifying. It looked like a war zone. And you can see by uh, the exterior shots in this movie, yeah, it's, that's what it really looks like. If you Google image search this, you'll see a lot of, uh, you can do video searches too, but you'll see a lot of really scary pictures and also people trying to live their lives. And my across the street neighbor at my house, eight blocks from here grew up there. And I asked him what that was like. And he said, well, everyone's just trying to, you know, get through each day. And, uh, he said, one cool thing I could say about it was somebody was always making sure you got to eat. And so there was always some mom or some auntie that was like home and making sure the kids whose mom was off at work, uh, making sure those kids got something to eat. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you always hear this, yeah. you always hear the scary stuff, but you don't hear like kids just wanted to play with a ball and eat some food <laughs> like a normal kid. But you don't. You don't need better, do you? <laughs> right. So where, where I grew up, if you know, if you did a study of it, that it'd sound like a horrible place. But I, I didn't know any better. It was fine, and yeah. And as you say, there's always a neighbour who, you know, I was I was uh, often left to my parents both working, so I you know, I'd go and stay with a neighbour. Yeah. There's always someone friendly around. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a latchkey kid or you know, from a single parent home, you know, there's, there's usually good community support unless everything's gone completely to hell. <laughs> um, there's a whole bunch of stuff about, um, the, the different gangs that, uh, that ran this, uh, housing project. Um, rather than get into it, I will just say that if you want to see what they look like, those guys who are just mean mugging in the doorway when the ladies walk up, those are real gangsters. Um, they dubbed the voices in probably so they didn't have to pay them <laughs> or probably or keep them on the books. But those were uh, real gangsters wearing their actual colors. And you, uh, one of the gangs was the Mickey Cobras and you can actually see their graffiti. You, you can see their tag in uh, one of the scenes. So, uh, that's probably about enough to give it, you know, a little background. Uh, Philip Glass's music over the top of Cabrini Green is kind of a weird mix, <laughs> mix of flavors, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's surprising when you start watching this movie. It's like, Philip Glass scored this? Yeah, that was exactly what I thought when I saw it. I was like, wow, Philip Glass scored this? Really? Yeah. It gives it a very dreamlike quality, um, like an operatic quality. And you've got these lofty characters of mythology who are coming into the real world. And so there is sort of an, a weird opera thing going on 
with the story. I don't know if that's really fair to say, but uh, it kind of feels like Candyman is this this myth come to life, and that's something that you might see in an opera. But uh, did you realize he was about 6'5", Tony Todd? Oh, Philip Glass? No, Tony Todd. <laughs> Philip Glass is like 6'8". <laughs> <laughs> 380 pounds. <laughs> no. Uh, but to- yeah, Tony Todd's a giant dude, and he was very fit when they made this. Yeah. And basically purrs all of his dialogue. <laughs> Speaking of cats. <laughs> yeah, I, I I kind of uh I kind of felt like he didn't have to raise his voice at all. He didn't have to like no. shout any commands at anybody. He wouldn't be like, "Hey, be my victim." He was just like, "Be my victim." You know, all that <laughs> lovely purring and showing up in a parking garage. I think that's the first time we see him. Yeah. Yeah. 44 minutes in. Yeah. They don't exactly throw the, the, the rubber monster out in front of you <laughs> t- 10 minutes in. Yeah. Five minutes in. Oh, they make you want it. I think that hurts a bit because... Like the most interesting thing is his his romancing of Helen. Yeah. It just comes across as unconvincing that she'd be lured in unless he's just straight up hypnotizing her. Yeah. Because he's gaslighting her. He's, he's been pretty awful to her, killing her friends and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I wish there'd, there'd be more of an emphasis on their relationship. Now, yeah. Now, did... Did either one of you remember this being sort of an angel heart type situation where uh, it seems like the main character is actually doing the killing, but they've imagined that someone else has done it? Yeah, I'd forgotten that aspect of the movie. Yeah, that was something that had completely slipped my mind. And uh, yeah, Helen and her friend Bernadette are just playing detectives, which is not a... Not a safe game to play going into the projects. Um, and uh, there was a, uh, a recently murdered person that they heard about from uh, one of the uh, custodians at uh, the school. So they were like, oh, let's go down and check it out and see if this Ruthie Jean person, if we could find out more about her and what she experienced. And uh, yeah, we get... Uh, we get some sleuthing, we get some, uh, some mean mugging from the gangs, and we get, uh, we get a little backstory with a reenactment with Ted Raimi. Did you recognize Ted Raimi? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what, they couldn't get uh, Clint Howard? So, <laughs> Ted Raimi. <laughs> uh, Ted Raimi was supposed to play a bad boy. Yeah. Yeah, his hair slicked back and his leather jacket. Yeah. Billy. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Um, but so we, yeah, we got the action of a reenactment. And one of many urban legends. Yeah. 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 Urban legends was, uh, the, the, uh, movie was a few years later, if I remember right. Cause that was like a, yes. a post scream, 
Uh, cash, yeah. cash in. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there was enough to really hang a whole movie on with, with the way they tried to do it in the movie urban legends, but digging into just one, like they did for this movie. Did you guys feel like it worked pretty well? Yeah. This one kind of uses a uh, bloody Mary as you, as you mentioned. And, uh, they throw in a couple of others, like there's a razor blade and the candy. Yeah. Yeah. That's just on screen for a minute. Did they... Um, babysitter. Oh yeah. 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 All we were missing was alligators in the sewer. <laughs> I mean, they mentioned them in in the classroom. They mentioned them, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could have we could have seen a couple. That would have been nice. Oh yeah, you want to watch uh, alligators? Let's get them. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, so the so the movie goes from. Uh, from some sleuthing to um, uh, Helen goes back to take some more pictures, talks to a little boy. He shows her where the little bathroom building is and it's pretty disgusting. And Ooh, yeah, it was foul. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know what they wrote sweets for the sweet on the wall in the bathroom in there. Well, I, they used uh, they used chocolate and ginger uh, biscuits or something. That's what I okay. that's what I heard too. I, I, I remember reading it. Yeah. And sweets from the sweet is uh, it's a quote from Hamlet. Yeah. Did, oh. Did you know that? I had forgotten. Yeah. It's uh, when Gertrude is throwing flowers into the grave of Ophelia. Okay. She says sweets from the sweet. Ah. <clears throat> yeah so um <clears throat> the uh the the gang kind of roll in and uh beat up helen in the bathroom and uh i think she as far as that group goes got off easy i mean they they could have done a lot worse to her and i would expect that if this were more like real life but she ends up uh identifying the attacker who um beat her up with the hook <laughs> and it's like a, <clears throat> it's like this immediate cut to the lineup where they're making the guys say the line. Heard you looking for candy man, bitch. <laughs> and the, the first guy that says it is obviously not the guy. <clears throat> He's got this really round face, this kind of chubby guy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, uh, I think they pin, um, the Ruthie Jean killing on him. Like they, yeah. they figure out that he's the guy that did it. Yeah. So, um, the, the, the good things probably pretty much stop there. Right. It's like, right. that's the long and the short of it. Well, at, at this point, like, uh, you have the feeling that something's been watching her cause you've got so many like overhead shots. Yeah. Almost vertical shots of, uh, following her around. And, uh, so you get the idea that she's, she's being watched by something. And then, then about halfway through Candyman actually turns up. And by this point, she's turned in the gang leader. Um, cause she's the first one who will testify. And, uh, so she's taken him out of the projects and then, uh, she's, uh, she's also told the kid that Candyman's not real. So she's, uh, destroyed what he calls his congregation. 
and so he's uh, he uh, he turns up in person to uh, reestablish himself. Yeah, he's going to rebuild his empire. Yes. So she uh, she's back over at the projects, and then uh, she ends up killing the dog, perhaps, or Candyman kills the dog, but the dog dies. Yeah, the dog dies. She she wakes up covered in blood, and you realize it's the dog. Yeah. And uh, of uh, this character named uh, Amory McCoy. Yeah. And uh, and uh, the baby is Anthony has been taken as well. Yeah, he's missing. And you think the baby's been butchered, but uh, that that's kind of a a little misleading moment in the film. But they they let you know pretty quickly that the baby is just missing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they'll let you out on bond if you've kidnapped a child and killed a dog. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's she's lucky. Uh, she's white. Yeah, exactly. And her before Anne Marie like, gets attacked, and you know the cops come and yeah, they bust in through the door, and she's holding a cleaver over this woman. Yeah, and they just like take her into the cell and interview her, and then she goes home. Yeah. yeah. So is white privilege a myth? <laughs> Dear listeners, well, that's what that's what's going to make the uh, the uh, Nia DaCosta version interesting. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because this film is definitely from the white middle class perspective of uh, the uh, uh, Cabrini Green is this other country, as specifically referred to as an, uh, the other country when uh, Professor Purcell is talking about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just a, a different planet as far as these these college white people are concerned. Oh, especially like you could be the you could be the toughest kid in your neighborhood on the south side, and if you're some white kid, you're not going to Cabrini Green and showing them how tough you are because that's <laughs> it's suicidal. It was. I mean, it's not that way anymore, but that would have been suicide. Just be like, yeah, let's go show them what what's up, you know. <laughs> And you would you would leave in a bag. <laughs> There's just no two ways about it. So yeah, it is the other world completely. It's it's not it's it's not some place these women could have gone. As, well, I like when they did go down there, and the and the guys confront her in the bathroom. She's like, "I'm from the University of Illinois." Like they were just gonna stop. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, oh. Yes, I, I I've read your papers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, they don't care about the university. Really? You went to U of I, too? I, so did I. <laughs> right. <laughs> what did you study? Yeah. So, um, yeah, for her to go back, like, a couple more times was just moronic, but she was doing it anyway. And, um, well, we see how it turned out. She got turned into a mythological monster herself by the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, did she take over his franchise? <laughs> that's, that's what, what I, I wonder. Because she's, uh, she turns out she's a relative. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she is the the original love from the uh, painting. Yeah. That old gambit. So she's this uh, new version of his virginal white lover. Yeah. That he painted. 
and and had the affair with back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I'm not sure I appreciate... I don't know. Would the movie work without the bees? Do the bees add that much to this? I don't think the bees add much. Um, they work really well visually because they had a really good bee wrangler. But yeah, when they when they're doing like the bees in the mouth scene and um, stuff like that, and the, the image of the bees living in his chest. Yeah, uh, it's just good imagery, but. Like there's that terrible shot of the Chicago skyline at the start, and it looks like it's out the swarm. Yeah, yeah. Which is another another instance of oh yeah, I'd I'd like to watch that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, uh, yeah, the close-ups are well done in this film. Um, they get worse as the franchise goes on. I wonder. Um, wonder if they just didn't use okay. The guy they used was Norman Gary who uh, had been the bee wrangler on The Deadly Bees, which we covered, uh, mm-hmm. 1966. My Girl, 1991, and Fried Green Tomatoes, 1991, which we did not cover. Um, but uh, this film, he used more than 200,000 real honeybees. Now, when they're on Tony Todd, in his mouth or on his chest, those are baby bees, that are less mm-hmm. less than 24 hours old, which means that they can't really fly. Uh, they can buzz around a little bit, but they can't really fly and they do not sting yet. So that's how they were able to do. That's not a, that's not a fake Tony Todd head. That's that Tony Todd's real head. Yeah. With a dental yeah, appliance. Didn't he get a, didn't, isn't the story. He got a thousand bucks, every bee sting. He got. Yes. Yes. And he's, he's like, go ahead, sting me. Uh, he got, I think it was 20-ish, 23 stings. Oh, yeah, man, that's more than I thought. That's, that's over the course of the whole trilogy. Oh, the, oh that was okay. the whole trilogy. I thought it was just this movie. No. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, 23. I, I'm Actually, I just looked back at my page and it's 23 stings. Um, yeah. Wow. But... Uh, the, uh, the story goes that um, Virginia Madsen uh, was working with a hypnotist. So when you see her just tranced out, that's her actually tranced out. Yeah, he had a trigger word for her on set. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. She, she got kind of fed up with it because she'd get through whole days of filming and not really know what had happened. Whoa. And, yeah, she got tired of it and, and asked him to stop after a while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She, she, in one interview, she was talking about how, uh, during her initial meeting with the hypnotist, she realized she looked over and realized she was holding her arm up in the air. Didn't remember doing it. Had no, no sensation of her arm being raised, but looked over and there it was. So this guy was good. (laughs) Um, I would have to go back and watch the interview again to, to catch who it was. But, uh, I do remember hearing in some commentary a long time ago that Philip glass didn't ask his normal fee for this. Cause they made this thing for somewhere between eight and $9 million. And, uh, I don't think they had to pay Philip glass as much as he was normally charging. 
That's just something I vaguely remember. Um, the movie made $25.7 million just in the U.S., so it nearly tripled its budget, you know, in the initial box office. So that's pretty good for a horror movie to make money. So what's the that's next? That's why they had people. I was going to say, what's the next thing they do? Let's go back to the well, everybody. <laughs> Call up the bee guy <laughs> and and the hypnotist. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is implied that that um, Helen is a reincarnation of the woman. And yes, that's another, that's another thing. What I mean about it being scattershot, so many things going on. Uh, you know, it turns into the mummy for a bit. Yeah. Incarnation of his his love before he was killed. Yeah, mm-hmm. just chuck that in there too. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, they that comes in like right before the end too. So. Yeah. So so she um, she goes over. Uh, they're getting ready to to set that big uh, bonfire ablaze, and she goes and rescues the baby out of it. Mm-hmm. but gets burned badly and apparently dies and becomes the Candyman. Yeah. She finishes him off, maybe? Takes over the franchise, maybe? Yeah, looks like a little Cenobite sort of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. uh... Clive Barker's, you know, often has this uh, idea of uh, trauma being a kind of chrysalis and you go through it and then you see you become something else and you uh, but you see the world as it is. Mm. Uh, so she, you know, she knows the, she knows what her husband's really like. Uh, she knows the truth about the Candyman, and, and she, and she becomes this, this figure. Yeah. So her husband, her her widower now, um, Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, Trevor. Trevor starts saying her name into the mirror in the bathroom at the end of the movie after the funeral, which I like how like the entire neighborhood from Cabrini Green shows up for her funeral. Well, they're the congregation of her now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Okay. And the little boy throws the hook in. Yes. So Trevor goes home. I mean, really good taste bringing the new girlfriend to the funeral. Yeah, <laughs> Stacy. Yeah, if you want, if you want to cement that, one of his students. Yeah, what, what do these women see in him? Uh, his bland, average looks. Uh, he's a, he's an awful guy. Yeah, he's a total dick. Uh, so they're back at the apartment, and he's missing Helen, and he and we see little flashes of his memory of Helen, and he starts saying her name while he's in the bathroom. And all of a sudden she appears. Uh, that was kind of a cool zinger, I thought, was for her to be Candy Woman. But <laughs> just saying Helen five times in the mirror, that's, I don't know. Our, our kids going to really use that as their urban legend. Mm-hmm. It's just like, not enough, yeah, she, not enough syllables. They'd probably call her Crispy Helen or something like that. Yeah, Crispy, Crispy Helen. Yeah, I was just thinking nowadays she could be Karen. Yeah, yeah. Chris, crispy Karen, crispy Karen, crispy Karen to come out and call the cops on you. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Demand to see your manager. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> now, uh, so let's talk just before before we don't. Uh, let's talk about how Candyman hovers and and just floats in the air. That I don't know about you guys, but that really worked. That looked creepy. Tony, yeah. Tony Todd hovering. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone that tall. Oh yeah, and then uh, after uh, Helen summons him, and then he kills the therapist in the jail, and bursts out the window backward. That worked too. You see the rope. You you do see the rope, but it works anyway because it happens so fast that you're not sure you're just seeing broken bits of the window. But they, yeah, they could erase that now if they wanted to. Oh yeah. When they do the Criterion, you know, remastering of it, they could just erase the rope. <laughs> oh, they should leave it in then. I guess that yeah, they would have to do a special scene with it or something. But um yeah. We we get um vengeful Helen, uh we uh she kills Trevor with the hook and uh is Stacy going to look like she did it? Well, she's that sit- was, yeah, that was the setup because she had the big knife. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you'd think your average uh, pathologist could recognize a hook injury as opposed to a butcher knife injury. I would hope so. But who knows? Um, I can't remember a single thing about... Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh, and I don't Yeah, me that... too. I, I looked it up, and I had seen it. I'd, I'd made a mark, you know. I, I had seen that. Yeah. Were you in I'll a... rewatch it, because I, I don't remember it either. Were and you... I know I watched it. Were you in a trance? Was your arm above your head? You... It's, it's just... Uh, I'm a chicken. <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, clips of it, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's just a whole bunch of exposition and backstory that you didn't need to know. Right, uh, including naming him, you, and you get his you get his exact birth time down uh. to the hour. Um, it's just completely unnecessary. Yeah, I believe the the new one kind of skips over two and three. Yeah, yeah. No, both the both these sequels are another blonde descendant of Candyman being seduced by him. Yeah, it's, it's a bit suspect uh, racial uh, themes going on there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder, like, other than the obvious going back to the well, was there any good reason to do the sequels? I'm guessing no. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's kind of in my, you know, uh, little mental note of don't bother. Yeah. Like, every time I've thought about rewatching Candyman... It looks like it just says Candyman, like on Netflix or Prime or whatever it was, and then you'd click on it and it would be like, oh, it's Candyman 2, Farewell to the Flesh. God damn it. Yeah. Um, Third one is Candyman, Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Um, Okay, sure. Mexican holiday, sure. (laughs) Why not? Way worse. Way worse B special effects in that one. Oh, God. Yeah, they just didn't want to pay the B guy. That's probably what it is. They're just like, oh, it's got, it's got some. Uh, uh, you know, you know, we like uh, '80s movie punks. Uh, the third one's got these movie goths in it. Oh god! Oh man! 
they, uh, I should just watch them just, just to no. purge that. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, no. I'll just watch uh, Showgirls and Gigli and Catwoman. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I've seen Showgirls a couple of times. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. That that one's fun. Now, um, I still want to find the one with the uh, the uh, censored version with the animated clothes that I saw on TV once. Oh god! <laughs> oh, speaking of speaking of which, um, if you watch the Kill Count uh, video of this uh, Candyman. When they go to show Stacy, the, the, the student, the girlfriend of Trevor, mm-hmm. um, she's wearing a very sheer top and you can very, uh-huh. very much see her nipples. They blur them out for the kill count, which, which is well, weird. Well, you wouldn't want to see a nipple. Hell you're no. You're watching people get murdered. No. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can uh, rip somebody open with a hook from behind and have her come out their chest. And coughing up blood, but please, dear God, don't show any nipples. Yeah. Unless they're man nipples, in which case, show all the nipples you want. (laughs) So, wow. Man nipples is a great band name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would never work as a a weed strain. (laughs) No. That has to be a band name. Um, So, guys... uh, as far as uh, recommending this to horror fans, what say you? I recommend it. Yeah? It held up yeah. on the rewatch? Yeah, it did. I, I enjoyed it more. I mean, I'll agree with Jolien. It is a bit scattered on the theme. Sure. Um, but uh, I remember uh, when I watched it, the when it first came out, my disappointment was that it was a little uh, un clear at the time i really liked you know real set rules for horror movies and it didn't seem quite to have that i mean he called him out of the mirror but other times he just sort of appears uh, but uh but on the rewatch i enjoyed it so uh yeah i'd recommend it yeah julian yeah is uh uh virginia madsen's really good tony todd Casey Lemons, Vanessa Williams. It's got a good cast. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it it's um I feel like really good on the rewatch if you haven't seen it for a long time. <laughs> and um I hope the remake reigns it in as far as theme. Because uh you know it, it is all over the place, but if the remake reigns that in and says something better says something more concise, something more contemporary, which I assume is going to happen. Um, we're going to get an even better Candyman, I hope. Um, yeah. And from it looked, from what it looked like, it's going to be Tony Todd again. And, and I will, I'll watch Tony Todd watch paint dry. <laughs> as long as he's talking while he's doing it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you should watch the, uh, not the living dead remake again. Yeah, yeah, I like him as Ben. Man, yeah. he's good. And and I think he pursued that, if I remember right. He 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 said, no, 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 you need to talk to me about playing Ben. And, it, and I think he kind of 
bullied his way into uh, an audition on that. He's like, come on now. I will be really good at this. And he was. He was a great Ben. I mean, Dwayne Jones is always going to be Ben, but, you know, Tony Todd is also Ben. So it, it works so well. Uh, but yeah, that dude, I have never been at a horror con where he was and I can't wait till horror cons are happening again. I just want to, I just want to meet Tony Todd. just want to hear that voice in person <laughs> and shake his giant hand. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of fangirling out at the thought of going back to conventions again. Uh, yeah, I recommend it too. And, um, I, I will also say if anyone's just listening to this just for kicks and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen Candyman, but if you haven't seen it in 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, watch it again, especially right now. It's no extra charge on Amazon prime. Um, and start on Netflix. Was, yeah, what, Netflix. I'm sorry. It was Netflix. Wasn't it? I was thinking of Shirley. Shirley is the one that's on Prime. Everyone's got Netflix. If you don't, your friend has Netflix or your family member. So, yeah. Sorry, guys. That was Netflix. Ha! Huh. So, any thoughts for next time? Uh, for a movie? Yeah. Yeah. I recommend uh, uh, The Lodge if you can watch it. How's that available? Uh, Hulu. Hulu. I have uh, access to Hulu. Um, Jolien, do you? Uh, I, I don't have it on the TV. I might have it on the desktop. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, let's look into doing The Lodge. That seems like a good one. Jolien, did you have any ideas for future shows too? Uh, no, I'll, I'll point because it's my turn again after that one. Okay, cool, cool. All right, well... Any other um, upcoming cool stuff before we get out of here? Uh, nothing I can mention. Okay. Lots of drawing to do, though. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, good luck on that. Yeah. Well, without... Uh, Shall we call it a show? Yeah. Yeah, without any other further news and whatnot. Let's find out when that new Candyman's coming out. Hopefully we can get a straight answer on that. It's supposed well, it, to... Yeah, it was scheduled for June. But, yeah yeah but it looked like that happened <laughs> and with jordan peele involved maybe they're gonna wait and do a theatrical release so if it is all that maybe it'll be you know oscar material or golden globes or whatever but you know if if you don't do at least a token theatrical release of a movie i guess it doesn't qualify no maybe they'll change those rules who knows maybe. pandemic all right, well, let's get out of here then. Listeners. All right. Thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. <laughs> I could do that better. Go on, go on. <clears throat> and keep off the moors. I'll dub it in. I, I could do it better. But... All right. Yeah. Call up Tony Todd. Have him do it. Yeah, for fuck's sake. All right, guys. Have fun. All right. See you later. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.